Growing up sucks. Just ask Eric Lauber, father of three 20-somethings and a college professor for decades. Eric helps young adults get smarter, richer, healthier, and happier on the hashtag adulting podcast, Growing Up Sucks. I'm so glad you tune in today to the Growing Up Sucks podcast. Our uh, guest today is Megan. Uh, she talks about finding friends in college, how hard it is sometimes, and uh, the kinds of things that happen. She, we tell a couple of stories, I share a couple of mine. What you're going to learn today is uh, how to find some people in college that you can be friends with, how to start and grow that relationship, and then sometimes even how to end that relationship. And uh, most important, you're just going to hear stories about friendships, because I think you need to be exposed to more of those stories. So let's meet Megan. Welcome to the podcast, Megan. Uh, you contacted me ahead of time that we're going to talk about friendships after high school. But before we get into that, just tell me real briefly about yourself. Hi, Dr. Weber. Thanks for having me on again. Um, my name is Megan. I am a senior in college. I have two majors, fashion merchandising and journalism and public relations. I'm also minoring in marketing. I'm from outside of Philadelphia. And some of the things I like to do are write and read. I love being outside and playing with my dogs. And that's all I have. <laughs> that's great. No, that's fine. That's fine. Hey, you know, I, I know we're going to talk about forming friendships after high school. I think I have a couple stories to share that might be enlightening, but let's, let's start with yours. So let's each think of one bad story and one good story, because one of the messages I think I want to present in this podcast to all our listeners is you, you may need just to hear a lot of different stories. Don't, don't rely just on the stories from your parents or maybe your older siblings. There's so many different ways that people are friends or people fall out of being friends or things to look out for that you can't have too many stories about friendship to help guide you through this. So why don't you go first? Do you have any bad stories about friendship? Uh, yeah, I do, actually. I've had a lot of friendships throughout my life. I have a lot of friends who are surprised at the amount of friendships that I've had, some that have burned pretty bad. Other ones are still going strong. But this one specific one that I'm currently thinking of is a friend I met in college, my first college friend, actually. I went to college with my best friend, who was my roommate. And so we didn't branch out as much as probably most other kids did when they met a new person as their roommate. But this other girl who I met, she was my first college friend. We got along great too. She was from near my house. I, we just, we really clicked. She was in my major and we met a week before college in a special program that introduced freshmen to each other. And everything was going great. We were friends for a while, actually like not close, but we'd hang out every so often. And I started to realize, though, because she was in all of my major classes with me, that she often didn't come to class as much as a normal student would. And she also tended to kind of look off what I was doing in class when I was because I was usually there and she usually was not. And that started to give me a little bit of a red flag that she might have been using me. Mm -hmm. And... I would text her sometimes, be like, hi, how are you? Like, what's up? Do you want to hang out? She'd be like, oh, I'm good. I actually have a lot of stuff to do. Would you mind sending me your homework answers from yesterday? I just haven't had the time because I've been so busy and I need some help and I wasn't in class. And I'm a nice person, so of course I usually fall for that. And I send her my answers and I say, 
like, oh, if you want to see how to do it, though, why don't you check out this page in the textbook? And she probably didn't check that out. But then I'd see a few hours later after I'd send her the homework, she was out with her friends. And I'm like, oh, really? You're so busy that you're out, but you took my homework answers. And then, of course, in class, I would see her. She would always sit next to me, and we'd talk. She'd act interested in my life, but then a test would come, and I would see her sneakily looking at my answers, and I'd be like, did you study? And she'd be like, oh, I didn't study. And I'm like, well, what are you doing? And then she wasn't the kind of person I usually like to surround myself with. My friends are usually people who do good in school, and they stay. They put academics before going out and going to the bars or partying. And she didn't seem like the kind of person that I would want to surround myself with anymore. And, but I am the kind of person who likes to give second chances. So I decided, you know what? About a year ago, I said, I'm going to ask her to go out with me, catch up because we hadn't talked in a while because I kind of distanced myself from her. But I wanted to catch up. I missed her. I want to know what was going on in her life. So I texted her and said, hey, how are you? I hope you're well. I know you're in town, and I wanted to see if you wanted to go out tonight and get a drink and just talk about what's been going on. And she said she would like to, but that she didn't know what she was doing tonight. And But if she would go out, she would text me and say, like, yes, I want to go out with you. And I said, okay, awesome. Just let me know later on. And I waited and waited, and she didn't text me. And so... I was just at home alone. I went on social media and social media shows people anywhere they are. And Snapchat especially has a little map. And if this person shares their location with you, you can see exactly where they are if the app is open. And I saw that she was also, she had also posted on her Snapchat story that she was out at a bar with a bunch of her friends. And I was like, well, what happened? You said you would invite me out. I said I wouldn't mind going with her friends. I She had, had added that to another message saying that she might be with her friends, but I was welcome to join. Yet she never told me. And I was, I'm one of those people that's like an afterthought to her, if, if a thought at all. Mm -hmm. So I decided after that, you know what? I am not interested in being her friend. If she's not going to put in the same amount of effort that I'm going to put into the friendship. It should be, we're both putting in 50-50, not I'm putting in 90% and she's putting in 10 or less. Right, right. And, you know, it sounds like, uh, I don't want to use this word, but it sounds like disrespect. Like she's using you. This is what you kind of implied. And I do know that there are people like that out there who use other people. And that's, I wish I could warn all the young adults that's not going to happen, but it, it probably will at some point. Mm -hmm. And I, I think the only thing that you can do is rip the Band-Aid off and not, not continue to be used that way. I, I had a guy on my floor when I was a freshman, and I was trying to be friendly with everybody, and this was one of the athletes at the school. And uh, as a favor, I typed up a paper for him once. Like, you know, I thought, he's busy. He's a football player. This is going to be, you know. Well, then suddenly I started getting his handwritten notes slipped under my door. Like I was supposed to type his papers from then on. And uh, I couldn't do the second one. I said, look, I'm, I, I can't, I don't have time. And when the third one showed up, I went to him and said, I'm not typing your papers. Like, we, he, he had nothing to offer me. He wasn't going to do anything. For, they were, we're not friends. I was just thought of being a nice guy. But I, I said, no. 
And I think he asked me again the second semester and I didn't do it. And I thought that was probably the right wise thing in my situation to just stop that before it got bad because there was no expectation that he was going to reciprocate. He wasn't going to do anything like that for me. And he never offered. So I'm like, I'm not your, uh, I'm not your typist. <laughs> so, and this is, this is back when typing something was a big deal because you had to have a typewriter back in the day <laughs> when I went to school. So I agreed. I had another college friend who I think really took advantage of me and it went on for a full year. And then I finally just had enough and walked away. We tried to be roommates and things went so badly that I moved out uh, middle of the semester when, you know, he was doing what I thought was just crazy stuff to be mean to me. And, but on the other hand, I made some really good friends in college too. So uh, the guy I moved in with ends up being one of my best friends still. Well, we talk regularly. We send him, in fact, I just bought a birthday card for him because his birthday is in January. And this is 30 some years later that we're still good friends. And I have a friend from graduate school that was in my wedding and I met him in school and uh, we just ended up clicking. Um, so there are ways that you end up with lifelong friends and you don't know at the time that that person's going to be one of those people, but the friendship just evolves. And like you said, one of the things is when they put, they put effort back. So uh, tell me a good story. So you have some friends, you make some friends in college that you think are really close. I have. So I guess, I mean, I have my best friend who I met in high school, actually my freshman year of high school. It's a funny story, but I saw her the first day of high school and we were both in a theater class. We had, we got to pick an elective and I picked theater and I saw her and she was just like lighting up the room. Like she was telling a story and just lighting it up. And I was like, that's the kind of person I want to be friends with in high school, especially because I went to high school, a Catholic high school where a lot of people who came with me, I already knew. I already had friends. It wasn't like I was like almost like college where you're dropped in the middle of a place, you know, nobody. It was high school. I kind of moved with everyone, but I still saw this girl and I was like, we have to be friends. But she came with me to college. She's like my lifelong. I could never see the friendship ending. We've been through a lot of stuff and we've survived it. And well, tell me about somebody who didn't come with you to college because I, I got dropped in the middle of college and I knew nobody. So um, have you made friends like that? I have. So in college, I joined a club for my major and there was this girl and I met her and I was immediately like, she's another one of those people that I just would like to surround myself with. She was academically inclined. She just, she was always in class on time. I could tell like she knew everything. She wasn't like that other girl. Like she's the complete opposite of someone who's a slacker who kind of just would use you and discard you because you're not really her type. But I met her and we really clicked, but then I didn't, I dropped the club because I got busy with other things and I didn't see her anymore until a year later, we ended up in class together. And funny thing is, is that the other girl who I was telling you, the bad friend was sat next to me, but this new girl who I saw again, I was like, oh, hey, I haven't seen you in like a year, sat in front of me. And this was around the time when I was starting to realize too, that that other girl was not my friend. I would talk more to the girl in front of me who I'd barely known than this other girl who had been in all of my classes with me, but who I kind of felt like was using me. And we talked and talked and eventually she's more of a kind of person who was very shy. And I kind of consider myself shy sometimes, but 
I reached out to her and was like, hey, do you want to get coffee? And she said yes. And we started hanging out. And I'd be like, hey, do you want to come hang out with me and my best friend? I think you'll like her. And then she kind of just became part of my friend group. Like, she clicked with my other friends and it just worked. And then this past year, things have changed for everyone. And she was became my closest friend. I don't know what I'd do without her. At school, we're in a bunch of the same classes now, too. And she's just one of those people that I could, I'm so happy I met because I can't imagine my life without her anymore. And I feel like we both put in the same amount. Unlike that other girl, we're both putting in 50-50 where she's reaching out. It's not just me reaching out to her saying, hey, do you want to do something? Hey, do you want to do something? She's reaching out to me and saying, hey, do you want to go get ice cream with me? Do you want to go to the movies? So we're both putting in work to keep the friendship going. Let me pull out a couple of things that you said that I think are basic principles that our listeners might benefit from. One is that you joined a club and you got, you got busy, right? You got involved in something outside of class in this particular case, which is always a more relaxed setting. It's an opportunity to, to share more. In class, you can't talk that much because the professor's talking, you gotta be quiet, et cetera. Maybe a couple minutes before and after, though I've noticed that students come in with their headsets and they don't talk to anybody, which is really weird. When I went to college, there was nothing to do but talk. So you just sat and talked. So that's, so throw yourself out there. Two, you initiated some conversations, right? So you can't be afraid to start the, the conversation. And B, it's never gonna be 50-50 in my humble opinion, if you start tracking it. <laughs> One's gonna be 60-40, maybe even 7-30. But if the other person's putting in some work, that's rewarding and that's showing respect for the friendship. So it, I had my good friend from grad school, when we moved apart, he followed up with me for years and I would forget to call him or follow up with him. I had two babies right away and a wife and he didn't, and he was always reaching out. And, and then I had to make a commitment at some years down the road, I've got to follow up with him. So I, and I had to say, I got to call him every two weeks because he's always calling me. It was definitely lopsided. But now I feel it's more balanced because now I kind of call him before he thinks to call me about half the time, which, which I'm really happy and proud of. And I, I get in the car and go see him when I can. It's never 50-50. I think we just have to put that out there. And I like the fact that, you know, it's in your friend group. Because it, you, you kind of should listen to your friends when you bring new people in. And uh, my wife uh, is, in a, is in a large friend group. And, and, and that's awesome. And she brought somebody in that we had just bumped into, in our acquaintances. And my, mom, my wife loves to reach out and bring new people in. And within just a, a month, the other friends were saying, we don't like her. And my wife's like, no, no, she's fine. She's fine. She's fine. Sure enough, a couple of months later, this woman was so rude. Everybody rejected her. Everyone kicked her out. My wife was, my wife got put on the spot of having to be the face of, you know, we're not going to invite you anymore because my wife's pretty upfront. And the backlash was significant. I'm like, if you'd have just listened in the beginning, nobody liked her. Why? <laughs> Listen to your friends sometimes because they know you and they know what you like. So that's my fourth piece of advice on that. So a good story. Yeah. So my good stories are I have friends in my life from elementary school, from high school, from college, from grad school, uh, from each significant period of my life, I seem to have one or more friends. But I, 
you have to learn who you are gradually over time. So I'm not a person who needs 25 friends in town. If I've got one or two that I talk to regularly and that I can confide in, and of course my wife's my best friend and I've got that filled. But my wife, on the other hand, loves to have lots of friends. They, and they play different roles in her life. And I don't know if it's a male female thing. What do you think? Is it, do females have different kinds of friend than men do? I think it depends. Cause I mean, with me in high school, I had a larger group of girls and we were all friends and it was all girls kind of exactly like your wife's group where I actually, well, there's this one girl who would hang out with us, but she wasn't really in our group. And, you know, in high school, girls are so clicky. And this girl really wanted to be friends with us. And I, being the person I am, I'm like, oh, well, why don't I put you in our group chat? And you can talk with us. And, like, I just, I was the one who, like your wife, I brought her in. Well, it did not go well. We did not know who this girl really was. And she ended up doing something to each one of my friends, something hurtful. Mm. whether it was talk about us behind our backs or say something to our faces that was just rude she was just somebody who can't honestly I don't see her as someone who can really be a good friend even today I still know her through other people and everybody still says like she's really hard to be friends with Mm. just because of her personality and Mm -hmm. I honestly feel bad for her And she's had a hard time in college too with this. But like I was saying, the same sort of thing happened in high school. I had a huge group of girls and each one played a different role where one was my best friend, but then another one was the girl who I went shopping with and we'd hang out. And another one was who I went to when something bad happened in my life and I just need to vent. Like they all played different things. And in college, it changed for me because I had a hard time getting that group because I found a lot of people would come in and out of my life. Like that girl who was either someone was using me or someone just didn't click with me the same way that my friends in high school clicked with me. And even today, we, me and my high school friends, we all still hang out when we're home. And they say the same thing. They say, there's nobody else who clicks the way you guys do with us. We have the same sense of humor. We all just really work well together. And in college, we've never found that same thing. But like you said, in college, I've had two or I have four really close friends Mm -hmm. who I hang out with frequently. I don't need a whole sorority or a group of 25 girls that I'm seeing all the time. I need two or three really close friends who I know put in work to be friends with me. I don't need a whole clan (laughs) of people. I think for boys, it different I think boys usually have one or two really good friends who they just click with well my experience and again I'm hoping that because I'm in my 50s I can share things that that'll benefit other folks who haven't yet gone through as many different years as I have but for me for men a lot of it is you know doing stuff together eventually creates those bonds because we're not going to go shopping together we're not going to call each other you want to go for coffee I mean in my age bracket, we might go for a beer, um, and that can do, be the same thing. But So I'll join sports. I, I played soccer for a while. I played baseball for a while. I'd bowl, I'd golf, you know, basketball, whatever. I, I'm a very you know, athletic guy, so that's how I do it. But 
other guys do it different ways. So you kind of hang out and you have a purpose. I met a lot of nice uh, guys that are my friends through parenting activities because I had three kids your age. So growing them up through school, I would meet the parents. And sometimes the guy and I would hit off, you know, and I have a lot of female friends too, that I wouldn't, I would call very close, you know, in, in many ways. Um, it's, I, I want to, again, try to draw out some general principles of these stories that we're telling because great, you should hear stories, but two, what can you pull out of that? One is trust. You know, I think the coin of the realm for human relationships is trust. You in the end will implicitly judge whether you trust that other person. And when you can't is when that friendship goes on the rocks, right? So they're going to talk behind your back. They say they're going to call you when they go out, but they don't. Those kind of things break down that trust. You can't always control the other person's behavior, but you can control yours. So uh, to, to have a good friend, you have to be a good friend. And so that means you, you have to be the person that they can trust. Trust your word, that you're going to do what you say you're going to do. Trust that you're not going to undercut them. Even if you get mad, you're going to bring it to them. You're not going to talk to somebody else about it uh, unless you're just processing. I agree you got to process with people, but that's different than kind of bad-mouthing them. So I think that's front and center is, is knowing that the best that I can do is be someone other people can trust. And there's also this other thing that you mentioned about um, uh, having this conversation with this girl in front of you that evolved into this. A lot of people uh, find it hard to break the ice and start a conversation. And I think it's harder in the age of social media. Like I I'm very grateful that I held on to some friends from my past back when we didn't have cell phones and it was extremely hard to get in touch with people. I almost think it's a negative that you can still be in such close friends with your high school friends. It almost doesn't make you need to reach out and have good friends in college that I'm speculating here. I may be going too far, but maybe this is what a lot of other people are feeling. They move away from home and they stay in very close touch with the people from home, but you, you're not going to have that relationship with anybody you just meet right? You went through high school together. <laughs> There's so many memories. There's so many times of trust that have already been built up. If you don't start that process with new people, they can't grow. So that breaking the ice and giving it a try and creating new memories and opportunities for trust is, is the only way to build a friendship in a new place. And relying on your old friends because you can with your phone uh, it's kind of handicapping yourself. How do you respond? Am I going too far? No, I really do think you're right. I know a lot of people who went to college with their high school friends, and that's kind of handicapped them from moving and finding other relationships. And I know it kind of handicapped me when I brought my best friend with me, like I said before, but social media is definitely definitely handicapping your potential new relationships because instead of putting yourself out there and saying hi I'm so and so and here's a few things about me like do you want to hang out sometime instead you can just text your high school friends and be like hey guys I miss you like let's zoom let's FaceTime instead of going and making new connections I feel like you're very on track with that okay. and I love having my old friends from high school and college and grad school but I, I they're not physically near me i want someone near me too that i could go do stuff with you know 
something that I think all of us have to do is learn about ourselves. And that's not going to happen at age 20 miraculously. I'm not sure I'm done yet in my 50s. Are you an introvert or an extrovert? Right? And by the way, you can go online and just type, am I an introvert? And they'll give you a quiz. What are your hobbies? What do you, what do you prefer doing? Like, I like being outside. I like kayaking. I like hiking. I like running. I like biking. I would more naturally hang out with people who kind of like to do that. I also, I also read a lot. I don't like to talk politics. <laughs> I'm, I'm not into knowing stats on baseball players or basketball, right? So uh, knowing that allows me to kind of uh, know that I'm going to attract people and I'm going to feel more comfortable with people who share my interests. But I didn't know that about myself until I grew up, right? Like, what do I like talking about? I didn't discover that. I mean, I should say I discovered that accidentally over time by having conversations that I didn't like and conversations I did like, right? And I think that that's, that's the job number one for young adults is to learn about yourself. And then you can manage yourself and therefore manage the relationships right? with friends. I don't know. What do you think? Does that make sense? I agree. I feel like as I grow up, I've grown out of relationships where we just, you're starting, like, especially in college, you're finding yourself, who you are, what you like to do, what you want to do with the rest of your life. And I've grown out of friendships because of the fact that we're just going two separate ways. We see life differently and we don't have the same interests anymore. We're some friends who I met. We like the same music, the same books, the same TV shows. Now we don't like the same things at all. And there's not much to talk about anymore because the, like you said, the conversations that I like to have, she doesn't like to have anymore. And that's when you kind of know, okay, I think I'm growing or just developing different than she is. And that's fine. Like you can still stay in touch, but maybe they're not someone who's your close friend anymore, who you have those real deep and like meaningful conversations with. So I do think you're right where you have to know yourself. And as we're growing up, we're learning about ourselves. And that's when we kind of weed out different friends and we bring in new friends. Right. And that's, that's healthy. I want people to know that. Like, I don't want people to lament because an old friend from a year ago, they're no, they're no longer close to. That's natural. And it happens to all of us. Every adult has multiple stories of that. For example, I mean, uh, I, I don't, I don't like to drink every Friday and every Saturday, but I've got, I got friends who do. Well, they're not close, close friends because I'm not spending that time with them. I'm not going to the bar and hanging out Friday and Saturday and, and whatever other night they might be there. So that's one of their principal activities. So I've weeded them out, right? In the sense of being that close. I, they're acquaintances and I like them, but I'm not hanging with them because it's not an activity that I want to engage in two, three, four nights a week, right? And I think that the, every college student's got to make that choice too. Do I want to be out there four nights a week partying? If I don't, then I'm going to find friends who don't do that because <laughs> there are going to be some who do, right? But let's go back to those conversations. You said conversations. I think and uh, so part of my advice is, is uh, two things. One, if you're in a conversation with someone new, it's always cooler to get them to talk more, more than 50%, 51%. So don't be a, in an early stage of a, con, of a friendship or a conversation, dominating it to the point of you're talking 80% of the time and they're only talking 20%. That, that, 
people want to talk about themselves, even if they're shy, even if they find it hard, you have to learn to wait them out. You want to get people to talk. And the second part is ask good questions. Ask follow-up questions. Be genuinely interested in what they have to tell you. Learn about them. And that gets them to talk. So we always do the perfunctory, what's your major? Where are you from? You know, the, uh, the, the basics. And then you could, but if you don't follow up, you don't sound genuine. Like, oh, you're from there. I've never been there. What's it like? Or you went through this experience. How did you feel? Open-ended questions, by the way, are better than closed-ended questions. Closed-ended go yes or no answers or one word answers. Open-ended, are like, they can't give you a yes or no. How does it feel like to grow up in a country? I grew up in the city. That's not a yes or no. That's, that's a sentence or a paragraph or hopefully a story. And now they're growing comfortable. And also, don't be afraid, and I don't know how everybody feels about this, to tell personal things a little earlier than you think. Like, well, I don't want to tell them this because we're not there yet. We haven't got to that point yet. But yeah, I, I think that until they get to know those other less obvious things about you, they don't feel a connection. And maybe that's that trust thing again. I trust you enough to tell you something about myself that, ah, you know, it's a little personal. It's a little bit beyond just the basics, the stuff you could find out about me on the web. And, and that allows them, you know, maybe they won't do it right away, but maybe down the road, they'll trust you to share something more intimate and more personal. Have you, what do you think of this? Does this make sense? Yeah, actually, that's kind of exactly what I did when I made that new friend in college, the girl who sat in front of me. I would sit down and I kind of would dominate the conversation sometimes. I'm a talkative person and I kind of knew I was doing it, but what I got to do to get her to open up because I knew she was a shy person. When I'd ask her stuff, she did the one word answer sort of thing, but I wanted to be friends with her. I knew she was the kind of person, if I just cracked her shell, she would open up to me. I, I was determined. It was funny too, because little side story, her mom had to get a surgery recently and my mom is a nurse and the surgery was at my mom's hospital. And I, there, my, our parents had never met. And my mom actually went and visited her while she was there while my mom was on shift. And she said, she said to my friend's mom, she said, Megan wanted to be friends with her so bad. She felt like she was pestering her all the time with questions and trying to get her to do stuff, but she just knew they would be good friends. And then my, her mom told her and then she was like your mom told me this crazy thing and I was like yeah well that's what I I was doing I would sit down and I'd say something really not random but something that was happening in my life and yeah it was probably too soon to be saying something about kind of personal about me like oh I'm going through this right now with my boyfriend like and I'd kind of explain the situation but then I'd say like, what would you do like what do you think I should do like I was trying to engage her then I'd be like well have you gone through this before like with your past boyfriends like and then we'd start talking about just like life stuff and she'd be like well with my boyfriend like yes that happened too and like we'd start trading advice and then we'd start getting this even though it was a little early for us to be going into some deep conversations that's kind of how I got her to open up about her life. And then I'd ask her other things and we'd start trading stories. And that's kind of how a friendship really begins is you just have to be open and maybe it's too soon to say something that you're going through at the time, but it's the only, it'll work. It worked for me. 
I think it's great, Megan. I think, I think you've done a wonderful job of it. And I think that everything you're sharing in, is right on the mark for what a, a lot of other young adults uh, should hear. Because, and again, it's, I think, going back to my very first point, they just need to hear more stories about friendships that go good or bad to realize they haven't gone through many of them yet. And if you've, when you come out of high school, you've really not had a lot of different interactions probably with, with the, the, the wide variety of people that you might in college or beyond. And navigating that is, is a skill you only get while you're sailing the boat, right? It's like, even what we're doing in this podcast is theoretical until you're out there in the boat sailing and then you learn how to navigate it and, 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 and get through it because it's, it's something you got to do. So I, I want to leave this with, with just, you've got to learn to be someone people can trust. You've got to hear a lot of stories and actually just telling stories to someone new creates a friendship like you just did. You've got to be willing to walk away when you think it's toxic and it's not healthy, right? You got to be able to just say, this isn't working. I've got to find a way to get out of this. And you also got to reach out to the ones that you like, which is what you did with your, your more recent friend in college, right? I think this is going to be a good friendship. Let me put the work in to crack that shell and see if it turns out. Now, it may not have, right, Megan? It may have not have worked out. And that's okay. Where you have been a bummed out? Oh, yeah, probably, because I put in so much work telling my personal stories. It was every day I'd sit down and be like, you wouldn't believe what my roommate did. And I'd just talk about something like crazy that had happened, and then it would engage her. And I'd be like, has this ever happened to you? Like, what's going on with you? And then I'd just start asking, but I would just open with something crazy. But if it had not worked out, I would have been upset, but I would have known, like, okay, it doesn't work out. We weren't right for almost like a relation, a real relationship. We weren't right for each other. Yeah. Move on. Like move it's, on and try it again. Start yeah. telling your random stories to other people. Yeah, just move on and try again. I mean, when we talk in another podcast about what it means to have well-being, that's that success in life, and, and I'll, I'll share some deep stuff from research. One of those components is a sense of community and friendship. We all want that. I don't mean spouse. That's a different category. Just having people in our lives that we enjoy and that enjoy us and that we can share our, our victories with and our losses with, that's so important. And it, you have to throw yourself out there and do it again and again and again. That's all that can be done, right? Yeah. May, any last words of advice to people going into college? Just put yourself out there. It doesn't, even if you're shy, I'm shy. Like I overthink everything so when i go up to someone i'm usually overthinking what's going to happen and playing out scenarios try not to do that just go in and if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out the worst thing that could happen is they say like no like sorry i don't really i'm not really looking to do that right now hang out with somebody new then whatever move on it's fine like there's so many people in life like i'm about to go into my next stage of life which is career I know I'm going to have to do this all over again with new people and like workforce kind of situations. And I'm just like ready for it. I'm ready to just go in there and really make some new friends and connections in my life. And I think everybody should be excited for it, not afraid. Right. Have confidence. That's another good message. Have confidence. It's going to work out and go in with hope. And that's the best attitude you can have. I 100% agree. Megan, thanks for calling in today. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Good luck with everything. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to the Growing Up Sucks podcast with Eric Lauber. 